Hi, everyone. I'm Erin Bagwell. And I'm Diana Matthews. Welcome to Feminist Wednesday's Beaver Talk, the podcast where we give Hollywood unsolicited advice about feminism. In our world, forget about Blue Apron. Ruth Bader Ginsburg is teaching me how to cook. Mrs. Maisel is the stand-up comedian we've been waiting for. And the Real Housewives of New York is teaching me about my life. Join us as we deep dive into all the things that fire us up about film and television. The glorious, the misogynistic, and the groundbreaking. This is Beaver Talk. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, hey. How's it going? Good, how are you? I'm good. I feel like you have, you're exploding with information for this episode. I feel like we haven't done, have we not done the Beaver Bites in a while? I don't know why. I feel like I have like a thousand things to, to talk to you about, to tell you. I've been touring a lot with the film, so there's so much to dive into. Yeah, you've been all over the place and the weather in New York has been miserable, so I've been hunkering down with Netflix and Hulu and Amazon and all of my favorite friends on television. So Excellent. we've been watching a lot. We've been doing a lot. And we, uh, we're we coming to the table with a lot of content today. For sure. Where do you want to dive in? I don't even know. Maybe that time you went to NASA? Bum, bum, bum. My second trip. Yeah. Tell us about I went this. to the Marshall Space Center in Huntsville, Alabama. Casual. And you know, I was born in Alabama. I know, you're a Bama. So I was returning to my people in this fabulous state, and uh, it was so much fun. It's so funny. I did an event with NASA last October, and the women, you know, run and organize the event, and they just made me feel so seen. And unlike other screenings where I go and I'll do a Q&A, and then that's kind of it. Everyone, like, feels good about themselves, and we the conversation. <laughs> the, it, Everyone is just – completely inspired by the film I made and we all move on with our lives. Yeah, well, the thing that's really cool about NASA is they bring me in for a conversation, like a le- like legit bring me in a senior leadership conversation, like at a conference table. And they like have me, it's funny, they have me lead a conversation about gender and, and inclusivity and ways to cultivate that in the culture. But what really happens is I go to listen mm-hmm. and I go to try to connect dots with people and really just create the space and use this, it's fun. We use the stories in Dream Girl mm-hmm. so that people can kind of name and talk about specific issues that maybe they don't feel comfortable bringing up. So instead of saying, you know, hey, I get marginalized and da 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 da, you get to go, hey, what happened to Annie happened to me? What happened to Clara happened to me? And so it becomes this tool, this, it's a very accessible way to kind of bridge these conversations. And so I feel like I'm steinaming all over the place and it's so much fun. It's such a joy. And I, I mean, I could talk about feminism. All day and all night. And so to be able to be in a place um, where people really care about these conversations, they're using the film. I mean, they gave me a certificate, for Christ's sake. It was amazing. Aww. It was just so beautiful. It was a great experience. Also, did you say you're Steinaming? Oh, yeah. That's phenomenal. <laughs> Can we all have t-shirts that say I'm Steinaming in 2018? This was something I thought about when I was in Tajikistan and Egypt. And I was like, I'm really Steinaming right now. Oh. And it was like, oh, we're, this is something I need to keep with my, within my vocabulary. You have Gloria Dust under your wings. Oh, if only. Gloria Glitter under your wings, not dust. I'll take it all. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Well, the film's been out for almost two years now. And it's like, I got to say, it's like such a joy to see you still going to like these incredible places, NASA, and like these amazing people are coming on board and screening the film. And I just think 
it's it's so inspiring. I think you don't realize how inspiring you really are. Well, thanks, Dalin. Yeah, it's fun. People are – it's interesting. We're tapping into a new um, audience with doing it more in company-wide and organizations. I feel like our community and, you know, the entrepreneurs, the uh, women's networking groups, they were on board. They knew the film was for them. And yeah. now we're kind of seeing this trickle effect of it happening within HR spaces, which is really exciting because – you know, we want women to feel seen and heard and validated on their individual journeys. But, you know, the corporate sector is, you know, a place we need to be infusing with all of the feminist gender nuances and we need to be uplifting women on both spaces. So it's exciting that the film is able to do that. Yeah, absolutely. What was your favorite moment from this trip to NASA? Um, Let's see. I don't know. I think being able to hear... To be able to be at the table with literally senior leadership, I mean, these are people who are, you know, have been working at NASA for 30 years, have been in their careers for so long. And for them to entrust in me (laughs) as a really young woman, as the youngest person at the table, you know, to be able to validate and understand and give me space to talk about feminist theory, it was just really exciting. I think that that was my favorite part is being at the table. And being able to talk about it. And I remember in the first the first time I did it with NASA, and they kind of snuck the schedule on me, and I didn't know I was going to be doing some of the stuff. So I had a meltdown like the, in fi- the five minutes before because I was like, oh, now I'm going to go in and talk to the senior leadership. And they didn't tell me, and I didn't know this was on my schedule. And I had a conversation with myself, and I was like, okay, you can either freak the fuck out right now and lose it and shrink and be a violet, or you need to step into that fucking room, sit at the table, take notes, be present, do your best. Walk the talk, lady. <laughs> and I You've was done like, the fucking work to be there. And so I was like, okay, like just – so that was really nerve-wracking, and that yeah. conversation went really well. So then the second time when I was like – I know I can do this. It's going to be fine. This is going to be great. You know, that was nice to kind of not have the stress about it. But it's a long day being kind of on from, you know, 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. talking, interviews. I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot of energy to be in that space and to be a speaker in that way. Yeah, absolutely. Ugh, Which well, is why I, I get paid so much money for it. Right. Well, <laughs> that's why we can't nail you down for these recording sessions. No, but you really are something to watch. I mean, I've gone to a lot of events with you um, at Goldman Sachs and Microsoft and all of these incredible places. And you really, you really are a force of nature when you walk into that room and sit beside your film. So, well, thank you, darling. That's I don't know why I keep calling you that. You're making me nervous with your uh, with your compliments, but I I appreciate it deeply. Well, it it, I mean it it like kind of gave me confidence to be here. Like I I really you know I for the first I've never told you this, but for the first little while I was like channel my bag well. Channel my bag well. <laughs> Let's get into it. Because um, you were just so in your element. And it's really cool to see that when your friend does that. Aw. I love it. We could just end here and I'd be happy. Let's just happy wrap it up. Feminist Wednesday. <laughs> oh, my God. I went to an event. Um, we did a screening with, like, part of the state government. It was really cool. And this lady, I was. it was a, on a Wednesday. And I was like, bye, happy Feminist Wednesday. And she said it back to me. And it brought me so much joy. And I was like, I just want people now to say and greet me every Wednesday with Happy Feminist Wednesday. Oh, my God. My friend Laurel texted me on Wednesday and said, Happy Feminist Wednesday. Isn't it such a joy? Like, what a holiday. You really have started something with this one. I love it. Just tuning our own horn here. Don't worry about it. Um, What have you been – so you went to NASA casual. So this is something that is 
kind of wackadoo that happened. But anyway, I got ground, my flight got grounded for 48 hours because of the storm. And so I accidentally ended up in Atlanta, which I'd never been to. I don't think, actually I lived in, that's a lie. I lived in Atlanta, Georgia when I was very little. Um, but being back as like an adult, obviously, and being in the city and things like that. I don't know where I've lived, Diana. It was, oh my, God. my childhood was very bizarre. We went bizarre. from never having been there to, oh yeah, I lived there. Well, I've lived in eight different places before I was 12 years old. It's fine. Nobody cares. Um, But I got to go to the Civil Rights Museum, Mm. and I must give a shout out to this space because I was like, you know, this is the home of um, Martin Luther King Jr. I got to go and, like, do something historical, check it out. I'm here. Why not? And this museum is so interactive. It's You're crying the first, like, five seconds you're in there, you know, to see the Freedom Riders, to see, like, the way that they build you into the space, to hear him speak – you know, to see his briefcase, his notes on the table. I mean, I felt, I remember leaving feeling, A, like, how is this man dead? Like, there was such a aliveness in the museum. Mm. And then also they had you do this thing. Oh, my God, that was crazy. They had you sit at a table, like a malt shop. And part of the, what the Freedom Riders did is they went down into the South, and it was a group of white people and black people, and they basically just went into diners to see if black people could sit at the counters, basically. And they were kind of there to support them in case anything went wrong as allies. And it was often really a violent experience. Mm-hmm. And so what they did for this installation was you had to go to the counter. You had to put your hands on the counter. You had to close your eyes, and you wear headphones. And basically there's a timer, and it's how long can you sit at this counter and and hear and, and encounter this abuse that you're about to feel. And it's like, if you're under 13, don't do it. Like it was, and you're sitting there and you're just hearing the violence and the white men screaming at you and like the terror. And at one point they're like threatening you with silverware and like slamming against the, I was shaking. I, I could barely do 60 seconds. Like it's such an intense. And that's like the first thing you do when you walk in. Because you're like, this, this is no joke. Like, this is where we're at. And it was just so deeply moving. I was so sad, again, about MLK's death. And, like, I can't believe he died in a motel parking lot. It just, it was so intense, but so, I'm so deeply um, thankful to have been there and to experienced it. Because I feel like white people need to fucking do that shit. And it was great. Yeah, absolutely. That is phenomenal. And, like, in this moment, we're out with the Parkland high school students. Um, and Oprah on a podcast with Gwyneth Paltrow was saying – she likened them to the Freedom Writers. writers yeah. Of, like, this is where change happens. But it's this interesting because starts. we're seeing a lot of those the Parkland kids. And, my God, they're the most inspiring humans of all time. But I, I am hearing, you know, whisperings and talk of, like, the students and the children of Black Lives Matter and mm. how they feel unseen. And, you know, we're seeing George Clooney in a mall, you know, donating – you know, thousands of dollars. Oprah is doubling their donations to, you know, stop the NRA. And to be like, of course, we need all of this energy. But I do think we still continue, obviously, to marginalize people of color, even in their activism. And that's really yeah, something do. we need to be thoughtful about. But it's also people in it need to bring up the other side as well. Like we need to empower them and give space to them um, and take into account the fullness of what this looks like right now for gun control and um, fighting the NRA. It takes it manifests in so many different ways. Even like the domestic violence advocate or the d- domestic violence um, activists right now are like really trying to bring their voices up, like mm. to equal you know what's going on with school shootings. Like it all needs to be part of the conversation. Yeah, yeah. It's really 
yeah, it's incredible when you look at how change manifests and how change starts and how young people are. Like that's something that just blows me away when I read about civil the civil rights movement is like how young these kids were, like 16, 15, showing up at the counters and sit-ins and just so much violence, experiencing so much violence every single day. Yeah. Um, it's profound. Yeah, no, you just can't help but feel the gravity of like what it took to get us to this moment. Mm-hmm. And I know we still have a lot of work to do, but that was something that was very grounding about the museum was like, oh, wow, we made it here. Yeah. And it's not perfect, but at least it was, you know, at least we can order cheeseburgers, yeah. you know, all together. And it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Um, on another note, I saw the Westminster Dog Show. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little segue us into a totally different area of conversation who won was it wasn't it a dog named <laughs> <Who won? laughs> wasn't it a dog named bean or something no he was um he was robbed oh wow yeah. well there was one little dog and he when he did his little spin or whatever he like sat up on his like his little front legs were up and he like did a little sit and the audience went wild and so he was like the fan favorite and he had a dumb name so i think everyone like everyone could remember it yeah and then he didn't end up winning and people were distraught. But I'll tell you, we were there from like 7 to like 11.30 and I was like, I got to go. Yeah. Like we can't stay at Madison Square Garden for another three hours. It was a long show and people, there was like a group of, they weren't bachelorettes, but I'm going to call them rowdy co-eds. And they were like pounding liquor and, um, you know, the girls were screaming their favorites. It was hysterical. It was wow. quite a experience to go. I've always wanted to go. What a world. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's fantastic. Did you feel like Charlotte a little bit? You know, thank you for bringing that up. I just saw that episode of Sex and the City yesterday, and I totally forgot she did that. Yeah. I need to go back in. Elizabeth Taylor. (sighs) I love Elizabeth Taylor. Goddamn delight. Such a good – I really want a dog. You need to get a King Charles Spaniel. (sighs) I really like them. Yeah. (laughs) Westminster Dog Show. I can't believe it. I love it. That's so New York. You know. Things you should do in New York. Tickets were like 30 bucks. It's a part of it. There's no reason not to go. Exactly. What about you? Have you seen 100 movies? Um, yeah, I've been doing some things. Oh, tell me about Annihilation. First of all. Sorry, I just looked over at you. First of all. <laughs> I know. I have like, we're listing things off here. Um, I, I, it has been, what? No, go ahead. Oh my gosh. It's been broken that Claire Foy was not paid. She, Matt Smith on The Crown was paid more than Claire Foy. And I just have to... Take this moment to express my rage. Yes. Oh my God. Rage on. It is atrocious. The comp A, it's atrocious that this is even happening. The film or the show is about Queen Elizabeth. And the other thing, the way that Netflix is justifying it is they're saying Matt Smith was way more famous because of Doctor Who. Who cares? A thousand percent. And then somebody else made an article and was like, well, she was paid $40,000 an episode, so maybe we shouldn't feel that bad for her. Oh, because she is getting money for the job that she was paid to do? We shouldn't be mad about it? Jesus Christ, people. The worst part about this, I just feel humiliated for Claire Foy because the worst part about this is the creators of The Crown owned up to this, and this is how this broke, is the creators were like, yeah, this happened. Um, they were talking at like an event and they said, we paid Matt Smith more because he had they more even, star power. Why did they even say this out because loud? Because it was, because of the moment we're in. We can't suffer this bullshit anymore. Did, were they are, saying it as an apology or are they no. just like nonchalanting it? They were nonchalanting it. And then they said that <sighs> you can be rest assured that that will not continue as in the next person. Oh, great. 
The next person who's going to play. Maybe she should make reparations and we should pay her an equal salary. Can she we just get a big pay fucking bonus. actresses equal to the men they are starring on screen with? Also, they're not even, she's not even starring on screen. It, the series is about her. It'd be like if they paid her sister more than her. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make He's any sense. He's a side character. The other fact that is going to, I don't know if you know about this, but Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin are paid less than Martin Sheen. And I don't remember the other husband's name. I feel like I did know this. Yeah. Or, somebody, or you sent it to me or something. Which made me deeply uncomfortable. <gasps> because Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin are not exactly green. Are goddamn <laughs> legends. And they can't even get their agents to negotiate them a better deal. So... Do you think, though, I mean, do you think it's because people don't know how much people are getting paid and then nobody knows and then everyone is just who cares and the studios aren't, like, doing, you know, doing their due diligence? Well, that's how it happens. Like, what's, why is this happening? Because this is how, it's how it's always been. And Bradley Cooper, as we talked about in that other episode, Bradley Cooper is really the first, he was the first actor to be like, I'm not signing on to a film unless all the contract negotiations are on the table. As in, you have to pay us all equally. Right. I'm not signing on to movies where I'm getting paid more than my co-star. Good for you, Bradley. Which is profound. How is this not the also, norm? Also, Lady Gaga should make more than him in A Star is Born. I'm, I'm just not saying. excited for A Star is Born. Hot take. We're all nervous. I'm not nervous. I know it's going to be terrible. <laughs> Yowza. I would see anything Lady Gaga is in. Which is actually a lie because I was too scared to watch the American Horror Story TV show. So you haven't watched the thing she started? No. (laughs) Maybe maybe I should. I've heard it's not scary. I heard it's just spooky. Yeah, it's just which I could deal with. Yeah, you're fine. I hate horror movies though. Like I cannot watch them. I've seen like two in my life. Yeah, they really stress me out. I buy. That's why I haven't seen Get Out. Oh no, you need to watch Get Out. Also, I know the ending of Get Out. So. You need to when you know the spoiler of like the whole end. It's like I feel like I already watched it. All right. But you haven't watched it. I know. We're just going to keep – I'm just going <laughs> to dig myself deeper and deeper and Why deeper. Why don't you just watch it? We're going to be it? like at our 100th episode and we're going to be like, have you still seen not seen it, Aaron? Yeah, maybe I that's suck. just our thing for you now. I suck. I'm so sorry, guys. Oh, my God. We can't We can't even with you. Anyways, I just had to like name my frustration that this is continues to be an issue. Of course. It's outrageous. Yeah, it really upset me. And I saw this hilarious comment on Facebook where this woman was like, yeah, it's called the queen, not the prince. And somebody was like, it's called the crown, but I'm totally with you, sister. (laughs) Fair enough. I was like, this is solidarity. Yeah. We're with you, Claire Foy. Also, she's in a real wackadoo movie about a stalker, and I'm not going to see that because it also looks scary. (laughs) Yeah, it's with Steven Soderbergh, and I'm going to go see it. Okay. You can tell me how it is. that stuff. We got to support these people. We got to show up. I hear you. Can you tell me about Annihilation? Oh, I absolutely. Um, should I go see it? Yeah. Okay. This, I heard it's great. It's phenomenal. Uh-huh. And the fact nobody is talking about it is a huge problem. Okay. This is what representation is, and none of the feminist bloggers are talking about it. And who's, I'm like, who's in it? Natalie Portman, Gina Rodriguez, Jennifer Jason Lee, and um, oh my gosh, what is her name? What is her name? The other girl. Can't look you it guys, up. Guys, Ken's you. looking it up. Fact checkers are on it. Um, it is an abs. You have to buy in. It's science fiction. Tessa Thompson. What is oh it? God, why was what it is so it? scary? Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson. Okay. Um, we really lost our minds here on the Beaver Tale. Okay, I'll, um, I'll, I'll do it. You have to. It's okay. like it's literally the fact that it stars four women mm-hmm. who have to go into. It's called The Shimmer. 
it's science fiction. Too many spoilers. I'm going to. No, say no, no. It. This okay. is all. Okay. This is the, this is the movie. Um, long story short, they have to go in because men keep fucking it up, mm. and it is so beautifully done. Alex Garland is. Can't have you seen it? Amazing. Did you like it? Oh, wow. Natalie Portman can lead me through the world henceforth. She's great. With Oprah as, and Reese Witherspoon as my spirit guides. I love the conversation of her and Michelle Williams talking about directing yeah. and Hollywood Reporter. And Natalie Portman's like, aren't you a mom? You could fucking direct. Yeah. And Michelle Williams like, oh, it's no, it seems too hard. And, it's, and Natalie Portman's like, you could do it. Oh, Natalie Portman is like stepping into this like incredible – we're having a we're having a renaissance mm, and I'm I like into it. it. Okay, I, I mean she's see. been she's an amazing actor. I wrote it she's, down in my notes. I will see it. She's like top for our generation right now. Um, and Annihilation is beautifully done. It gets really acid trippy. It gets very like I can do that. You gotta really suspend a lot of things, but it's a joy. I haven't had that much fun at the movies in a long time. Cool. I loved it. Um, what else have you been watching? <laughs> Um, I've been watching a lot of wackadoo television because I was stuck in Atlanta for 48 hours. Yeah. So I watched this TLC show called Love Me, Hear Me, See Me. And it's about I'm like, so scared. it's a dating show where the girl and maybe men also or the lead characters too, I don't know. They have these dates and they can't see the person. So they just hear them. And they're on like a couch with, an, with like a host. Okay. And they're like, this guy is kind of giving me a bad boy vibe. Like they kind of talk through the decisions and like who these men are. And it's kind of fascinating because you're able to kind of distance yourself from the projection you put on the person visually. And so she's able to go like, I just don't know if me and my daughter need that right now. Like it, there's something very lovely and analytical about it as well. Which what? is fascinating. <laughs> Not with the show. How is this lovely? But anyway, and I was, this was like I was. It was like midnight, and I was like, I need to go to sleep. I'm exhausted, and I couldn't stop watching the show. Oh my god! And I was like, well. So did the people finally get to see them at the end? Yes, at the end she picks one. So they all march in front of her, and they get to say, okay, well, if this was a first look, who would you pick? Uh-huh. And she says who she would pick, and then she goes, okay, well, this is who you actually picked. And this is like your love connection. And they ended up really liking each other. And it was great. I And I was on the edge of my seat like the whole time. And it's interesting. You'd go on three telephone dates with them. It was just really fascinating. Like it, the psychology of it was a delight. I also feel like this might speak to like where we're at in modern dating. Because so if you're like, if you're online dating, so much of first conversations are texting. Interesting. And then I know people who have like had phone dates before they've even met the person. Yeah. And then they like meet up. Because I was talking about this with uh, one of my husband's friends. Is he was saying like, I met up with this girl that I had been texting with for like, they just couldn't meet for whatever reason. Work schedules, travel schedules, whatever. So they ended up texting for like two months. Mm -hmm. Then they met, and he's like, oh, my God, she's not at all who I thought she was. Was that a good thing or a bad thing? No. Oh. She, like, texts way better than she is in person. Interesting. And I was like, this is such a weird thing I feel like Sal and I kind of had a relationship like that because we had to – we dated in secret at our jobs, and so we did a lot of, like, iMessaging and, like, a lot of communication that way because we really couldn't interact in the office together. Yeah. Yeah. It's like an interesting kind of bringing it into like the 21st century realm. 
Yeah, I liked it. Okay. So I also watched a couple episodes of The Hollywood Medium. Oh, I can't. Which I thought were spectacular. Really? Yeah. And you should listen to RuPaul's episode with Tyler, The Hollywood Medium, on What's the Tea. It's great. What's great about it? <laughs> What's great about it? I think the process of what it takes to ground yourself to be a spiritual channel is interesting. Mm-hmm. He talks about the spaces in which he enters into working with the clients. I just think it's all fascinating. Cool. Yeah, I think being a medium is really interesting. I'll definitely check that out. Amazing. And um, the show is really great too. And they did um, – who's the one girl from the Hills? Lauren Conrad. Lo no. Bosworth. Maybe it was – Audrina. Not, not Lo. The other one Whitney. who had the – Yes. They did Whitney and her father passed away. Yeah. And they did a whole thing with her family and the family is in the other room. And they're all just sobbing and Whitney's kind of trying to hold it together. It just was – it's very emotional. You cry every time. Whitney is so stoic. She's always been so stoic. She really is. Yeah. Yeah. I really love that woman. Very cool. Yeah. I liked it. Ugh, amazing. I'm ready for you to like drop the bomb of what you've actually been watching though. The what? big one. What's the big one? Housewives. Oh, yeah, guys. I So this is, you know, I was all in on Beverly Hills. And I was like, okay, I'm going to dip my toes into the another franchise, which is I thought New York would be apropos. Here we are. Fitting. Um, and it is 100 times better than Beverly Hills. And when I mean better, I mean more drama, more action, more actual conflict. Like in Beverly Hills, they kept having to, like, tease out these fake fights and in New York, the women, I think it's because in the ecosystem, like in California, you have to drive 45 minutes to see everybody. But these women just keep running into each other. Like the ecosystem is so small. Yeah. They're in the Hamptons. They're here. And it's like they just can't like – and they're big personalities. And it's interesting. I feel like – I'm very interested in psychology, I guess. But seeing these women kind of act out these rages and spaces, like I'm seeing a lot of myself in in some of these interactions and some of these – um, and not in like a real way, like a where you'd yell at somebody way, but in a way that's like, oh, I could, I identify with that person's rage and I could see like in a world, you know, the extremity of being da 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 mm. And it's really fascinating. And Sal is like all in and we're like really obsessed. And, um, April 4th is the launch of the new season of New York. And it's supposed to be one of the best housewife seasons of all time. How many seasons are they on? This will be their 10th. Oh, my God. Is Bethany Frankel still on it? Yeah. Holy cow. Oh, I see a lot of myself in Bethany. That's terrifying to me. Oh, yeah. It is terrifying. What do you see? Like, what what do you connect to with her? Well, she's, like, very aggressive. (laughs) She's very, like, to the point, blunt. But she's also very type A. She's always on time. She, like, doesn't waste people's time. She's very organized. She's a CEO. You know, she takes her business, her work very seriously. Um, which I totally identify with. And she also, like, if people are act like idiots, she's like, why are you being an idiot? Like, she really holds people and calls people on their stuff. And, like, in a normal world when someone acts like a crazy person, it's not socially acceptable for you to tell them that. But in a show, they want you to – and she's an executive producer, so I think part of it, too, is, like, she's going to call people on their bullshit, and it's like, wow, in a world – 
That's amazing. What do you find like feminist about it? Because you've already told you've already told me like a little bit about it, but I'd love for you. I mean, when we think of housewives, we think of like I think of catty women who are like portrayed as gold diggers and portrayed like really surface level. And I'd love for you to get into like what you're connecting on it, like with a feminist level. I think, and this is not a, this is a thought that I'm going to steal from Bitch Sesh, which is a podcast about the Real Housewives. But they talk about the unlikability of these women mm-hmm. and how these women, in no shape or form, are trying to be perfect cookie cutter archetypes of the women that we see in media. They're allowed to be ugly. They're allowed to scream at each other. And there is, I think we associate cattiness with that. I think that's part of the, um, what people project onto it. But I think there's something so liberating about seeing these women who are older, you know, their 40s, 50s, 60s, just totally being, I don't want to say authentic, but they're able to kind of behave badly or do their own thing or almost live like white men. Like they date younger people, you know, they go out drinking all the time, they party. It's like I've never seen women take up this much space mm. in like a – and not in a way that's like glowing or positive. Right. But I think there is something kind of brilliant. I think we have that archetype of like the Wall Street bad boy. That's what all these women are doing. They're just acting like really rich, straight white men. And that's kind of the privileged spaces that they're in. Like it's fascinating. Yeah. Like yeah. there's a lot there. Yeah, that the unlikability of it and the age that all these women are at is something that I was so intrigued by when you first brought it up. I was mm-hmm. like, that's a great point. That's like a really interesting that in and of itself is diversity. Like it's it's ageism is such a huge thing in well, Hollywood. Well, and something that's really shocking is like all of their husbands are either dead or di- or they're divorced. So yeah. it's also we're seeing these You know, and I think as a young woman who's married, like you think you're going to be with your people forever. You know, you think your life is going to be a certain way. And it is really interesting, too, to see that like throughout these women's lives and careers and journeys, um, like it it really is the women who stay. It's the women's connections and it's their relationships. And it's like we're still like those are going to be deeply important relationships in your life throughout, no matter what. And I think as young women, we're so pressured and we're so... It's so externalized that we should be thoughtful about like finding the one, finding your partner, finding your husband, finding your, you know, your other half, the top to your lid. And it's like, I wish also that we would create spaces for women's friendships, women's experiences, women's relationships, because these people don't go anywhere. They're just as important in your life in some capacities. Um, and it's interesting to see these women, like two of them have lost their husbands and the way that they're there for each other, the way that they went to London to get the one girl's ashes. Like it's very, um, it's interesting. There's a lot there. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's very cool. And it's entertaining as fuck. I was going to say. It's wild. Good TV. It's great TV. Yeah. They're super, you know, they're just crazy enough that like you can identify with somebody and then they have a blow up and you're like, oh, I would never do that. But then you, like, understand who they are as a person. It's very, like, and you switch teams all the time. I think that's really fun. You know, like, Luann was really crazy, and she kind of, like, forced herself into this marriage with this one guy. And, um, like, we, like, hated her all season. Then all of a sudden they went on this Mexico trip, and she, the, the release of her being wed, now she's, like, fun again. It's like, oh, no, I'm all on Team Luann. Now I'm in. So it's interesting. You kind of, you pick your favorites. It just keeps going back and forth, which is interesting. Cool. I love it. Keep watching because it's another Game of Thrones for me where I'm like, I love hearing about it from you. I'm never going to watch it, but I love hearing about it with you. Yeah. And in this season, one of them gets arrested. 
Of course. The one that they all hated, her husband, they find they get divorced after seven months. It's going to be full of um, excitement. And if people are um, New York fans, Bethany just did a Q&A with Gary Vaynerchuk, which is oh wow. to die for. Because she's like his personality personified, basically, of like no fucks given, totally a CEO, like totally a boss bitch, like makes – she probably doesn't make as much money as he does, but just there is – she doesn't come to the table being anybody else, and he's so loud and obnoxious, and she's able to just sit at the table and, like, tell him what's what, and it's a joy. Is there, like, enough oxygen in the room for both of them to be in there? Seriously. Oh, my God. That's yeah. definitely one to listen to. Yeah, you can check it out. I love it. On the Ask Gary V Show. I haven't listened to that in forever. Yeah, I, I tend to dip in and out with Gary. Fair enough. He kind of – he's a lot – yeah. Yeah, to say the very least. But we love him. Yeah, we did a screening at VaynerMedia. Yeah, we did. Saw him yeah, talking we... outside on the phone. Yeah, we did. Oh, my God, so fun. Um, <laughs> I don't want to say a lot about this next one, but I do want to bring it up as something we're both watching because we're going to do an episode about it later. Yeah. The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Wow. Oh, my God. This show is changing my life. Wow. You know, Umer watched it when it first came out, um, and he was like, he texted me and was like, you and Aaron have to do an episode about this because this is what's happening like now. This is now. This is where media is. Like, we have to do it. <laughs> this is now. Girls, and I was like, sorry, who are you again? No, I'm just kidding. But I was like, okay, whatever. So, um, you know, six months later, I finally watched it and galvanized me. <sighs> I mean, you can tell just from the opening scene in the first episode where she does that like stand up bit at her wedding. It was like, wow, this is where we're at. We are just going right into it. And I loved every minute of that cold intro. And the show is super interesting. I can't wait to dive in. Yeah. I'm three episodes until the end. Yeah. So I'm, we'll save our heavy critique for an actual episode where we can give it the space it needs. Right. Yeah. But whoa, Nelly. Yeah. Very heavy. Rachel Brosnahan won the Golden Globe for it. Yeah. Right when um, it first – they gave it to her right away. They just said, here, take it. The show had been out for not very long when the Golden Globes happened, right? No. This is its first season. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah. I mean, I feel like it came, it was like out for a month and they were like, just take it. I mean, it's a role where she gets, like, she is her. Like, it's just, she is so able to play Midge Maisel that it's like. I love that name too, Midge. I know, Midge Maisel. What a great name. I want to name my dog Midge. Aw, that's sweet. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she really is phenomenal in this show and the cold open, it's funny because. We're, like, planning our wedding right now, like, our celebration later this year with friends and family. Um, and I, we were talking about, like, who's going to make speeches. And I was like, well, do you want to make a speech? And I was like, no, I don't. I'm not giving a speech. Like, why would I give a speech? Why would I speak? And then I was like, oh, my God, what would, Ms. Ma- what would Mrs. Maisel do? She mm. gave a speech. I was just like, oh, my God. So now I'm living my life as what would Mrs. Maisel do. Oh, wow. It's going well so far. Um, I, want, I'd la- I can't wait to do research on that and figure yeah. out, like, how they casted her and everything. Yeah. already done. Okay. Well. Anyways, coming up, we're going to do The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. It's a great show. Betty should watch it. It's on Amazon. Yeah. And don't sleep on Amazon. They've got some great shows. Transparent, they're, they're Mozart in the Jungle. There's a lot of good stuff on Amazon. Mozart in the Jungle. It's cute, right? I mean, I'm obsessed with him. So. He's great. Yeah. He also won the Golden Globe. He did. A lot of winners on Amazon. Yeah, there are. Boot Studios killing it. Um, What's on your side? I mean, we're just I, volleying here. Yeah, I, I just oh, we could talk about um, Sal. You assistant directed, and I directed a music video. 
was it this month last month oh my god who the, knows? it should be coming out at any moment as we as we speak well i was gonna ask you x nations can't get hurt you want to do a little bit of plug when does it come out the music video i think by the time we re- this comes out the music video should be out the song is already released on spotify and itunes and youtube and actually they just got picked up to be on a spotify music playlist which is very i was like how did you guys get on there and he was like you can't you can't pitch them they just have to find new music they like which was very exciting yeah and um it's interesting i've seen sal be in three or four bands at this point and this is the first one that i feel like people are i'm seeing his music in the wild Mm. people are sending you know taking screenshots on instagram and this music for him is a little bit more pop focused a little bit more uh, mainstream, I would say, than the other more guitar punk stuff he's done maybe in the past, yada yada on his music career. But it's it's cool to see it kind of um, elevate in this way. And so then he was doing this music video and he was like, you know, we're just going to do it in a studio. It's going to be really, we're just going to do da da da. And I was like, okay, hold on here. What are we really going to do? <laughs> so you're not going to bring everybody in and do it. And we got to screen it or uh, record it or film it at Dean Street Studios, which is a beautiful studio. And it was like, let's really, let's get a concept going. You know, let's add some drama. Like, what are we doing here? So then I ended up usurping the creative direction and and being able to direct, which was so fun. And uh, you were on set helping me figure out all of the things. And there were puppets involved. God, keeping track of all the props and the fog machines. And Umer was there being a puppet. I mean, no stone was left unturned. We need a lot of help with this thing. And I must say, you are the only person I will get up at 6 a.m. on a Saturday for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was so fun. And you were so in your element. Like, it was, like, so cool to see you, like, being the director and, like, doing the whole thing. You were like Ava. I'm sure Ava DuVernay was like that on the set with Jay-Z and Beyonce. Oh, yeah. And I, it was very I, cool to watch. I appreciate the comparison. Well, well, it's fun, too, because Mary Perino um, shot it, and I love working with Mary. She has such a – she brings such a joyful energy on set, and, like, her and I communicate in a way that's very weird. And I get – like, I get who, how she shoots. And, for like, I think as a director, you need to find somebody who's going to be able to interpret your message. Yeah. It's deeply important. So I'm, it's always such a privilege to be able to work with her. She makes my job a lot easier. Awesome. That's amazing. X Nations can't get hurt. I know. It'll be it'll be here before you know it, but you can listen to the song, get uh, used to the lyrics and stuff. So that's no, a I'm fun a, one. I'm excited to see it. That's amazing. How exciting. Have I sent you the colored version of it yet? Have you, you seen the final? Nothing. Nope. You've sent really? me nothing. Do you want well, – you'll just wait. It'll be no, here. No, I would like for you to You want it. me to send it to you? Yes! I want to see it. Are you dying? I can't believe I haven't sent it to you. Oh, my God. Amara asks me like every day. You should have just asked me. I like totally blanked. I know, but I'm like, I don't know what they're doing over there. I uploaded it on YouTube. It's ready to go. We're just waiting for a publisher. Give me the link. All right, I will. All right, great, perfect. (laughs) Poor Amara, who's like, who plays a mouse named Manny. Ew, I'm such a weirdo. I assigned names and like back backstory. She literally, (laughs) you literally pulled Amara aside and we're like, so this is Manny. You know, he's cute. He's fuzzy. I'm like, he's a puppet mouse like what are we talking about right uh, now yeah i love it it really? was so much fun also a star is born with the llama character the llama you think is the breakout really i, I think the ostrich is i see big things for the ostrich well one of them has an instagram account and i won't name who 
but you be talking deep divers. Well, that doesn't seem like a social media thing to do. She has an Instagram, but I'm not going to tell you about it. All right, the llama has an Instagram that you can find that I'm sure Nations will repost something about. Okay. It's I'll getting keep an weird. Eye out Amanda that. went really heavy deep dive on her character. Oh my god, which was great. What's her name again? The llama. Yeah, Lanny or something. No, it was a gender neutral. Oh name. no, it's Manny. Manny was the mouse. They all start. They were. It was Ophelia literally. was the ostrich. Yeah, Lou. Lou. Lou was the llama. Is that short for Louise? It was gender neutral. Okay, great. I thought she could go either way. How progressive. <laughs> um, I have Katie. Kirk. I try to have an inclusive puppet. <laughs> Cast. Man, diversity on sets is everything. So mm-hmm. um, I have Katie Kirk on my piece of paper underlined, and I have nothing to say, so I don't know where my brain was on that. <laughs> just do a shout out for Katie I just Kirk. want to be your best friend. I like, I love that woman. Do you listen to her podcast? Uh, I listen to, uh, I listen to episodes here and there. Me too. If they're talking to the people I care about. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why I she has a co-host. Took the words out of my mouth. I don't get it. I don't get why these women think they need co-hosts. She's Katie fucking Kirk. Oh my god! And who is her co-host? I don't know. I, I mean, get that I'm, she's a huge deal. I but. get that she's trying to like uplift somebody else's voice, but it just seems it's like putting an icon in a room with not an icon, and it's like we all know what's going on here. Well, just, just the, give this woman some space. Like she doesn't. You don't. I don't know. It's weird to me. It's also like I mean, in the Ava DuVernay episode, um, she talks about they talk a little bit about OJ Simpson and. Ava was an intern at a news place while that whole trial was happening wow. at a news station. So she had to like stalk one of the jurors and like go through her garbage and like try to figure out stuff about this person. Holy moly. And then she was like, wow, this is really exploitive. I don't think I want to be in the news industry. And Katie Kirk was like, it's funny because Katie Kirk was then like, I was at the courthouse when the, when he was acquitted. Um, and you're just like, you're just reminded of like what Katie Kirk has time. done. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that's just why I wrote her on my piece of paper. It was just like I think she is the hardest working woman. Have in we done it? Have we seen a documentary about Katie Kirk? Great question. There must be something. There must be something. She, she was a maker, so I'm sure the makers did like a profile of her. I don't want a profile. I want a whole goddamn movie. Um, let's direct her biopic. Okay. Okay. That would be great. I saw Ruth Bader Ginsburg speak. <laughs> speaking of people. Speaking of icons. Oh, my God. How was that? They played Notorious as she came in the room. Are you serious? I swear to God. No, no, Notorious. Notorious. And it was so cute because she was like, is that the song? Like, she was like, is she that the art? Is that him? Oh, and my God. Like, oh, such a moment. She has no idea who Peggy Smalls is. Amazing. It was great. It was a little uh, women in leadership event at Columbia that I happened to be at for something else and then ended up staying to obviously hear her speak. And it was a delight and a joy and felt so – I wrote a whole Instagram post about it. Mm-hmm. It was deeply meaningful. Yeah. And I yeah. don't remember at all what my notes were, but – Well, I mean, it's it's cool. You should check it out on Erin's Instagram feed because she – you wrote it so in the moment, and it's really lovely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she has a movie coming out. Yes, that her son helped produce. It looks like it's going to be great. It does. The trailer looks amazing. Yeah. It's a documentary, which I think is the right move. Correct. Um, Although we could see a narrative as well. I take both. I Isn't don't... Natalie Portman playing her in a movie? Can, can you look that up? I think that we're, we're going to see a narrative. Really? I swear to God. You know what I'm really proud of Natalie Portman for resisting, but at the same time, I'm feeling a little sad about? What? <laughs> I would love to see her play Audrey Hepburn. 
Kent's shaking his head. Wait, what? Uh, she, she was in, but she was being replaced by Felicity Jones. Oh, Felicity Jones is great. Well, somebody is going to make a narrative, though. Great. That's cool. And Felicity Jones is lovely. I don't remember who Felicity Jones is. She plays Stephen Hawking's wife in The Theory of Everything. She's also in Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Oh, okay. Just IMDb over here. All right, I'll think about that. I don't really okay. have any initial thoughts or feelings. I mean, we'll see how this goes. We'll see. We'll roll, but anyway, we'll the roll documentary out. for RGB should be phenomenal. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. Also, did you know that Lin-Manuel Miranda is going to be Mary Poppins? Don't get me started on the Mary Poppins remake. Why? Tell me more. Disney is floundering that they are doing a Mary Poppins remake. I, I watched Saving Mr. Cute. No, I didn't. thought it looked fun. Mary, like Poppins Mary Poppins is a treasure. Yeah, agreed. Why are we remaking it? I don't, I don't get know. this. I think they should re-release it in theaters. That's what I would have been like so excited about. But instead, we're like, like why? And Emily Blunt, I would watch anything she does. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, girl. No, it's like she comes back. It's Mary Poppins Returns. Sorry, that was my bad. Oh, that's fine. If I said a remake, it's not a remake. Oh, it's like she comes back to the... Does she come back to the Bankses? The Banks household? I don't know, Diana. Anyways, I'm uh, in Lin-Manuel Miranda. I'm just... I like Lin-Manuel Miranda, but mostly just because we're on... Hamilton? Just because we're on the same super soul list, and he's really having a moment. (laughs) And I'm, I'm trying to steal some of his... I'm hoping he shines somewhere and it glows on me. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. He also did a convo with um, him and Oprah. Yeah. Well, okay. Skipping <laughs> right through that one. I like him. I think I... I, I don't feel I feel like about him. he deserves the success that he's having, and I, I'm excited for him. I say right on, Lin-Manuel. Right on. Right, right on. on. I love it. Keep crushing it. God, we sound like Matthew McConaughey. We're really losing our minds today. Um, all right. Cool. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, right. Oh, my God. How um, about uh, Oprah on Goop? Great. It was great. That was, like, the best interview I've ever heard from Oprah. Absolutely. She was Wasn't in it? her element. I also liked – I know you're going to disagree with me on this one, but I really liked Gwyneth Paltrow. Have you listened to the next episode? I feel like have, – have I been sleeping on Gwyneth? I like Gwyneth Paltrow You're shaking your head so, now for the, for the listeners. But – I like Gwyneth Paltrow because she's so controversial. Who's the second one she interviews? Oh, my gosh. She interviews like a – it's like a health one. Okay. Because Goop yeah. is a health thing. So, um, yeah, that episode is really, really good. It's really good. It's stunning. I yeah. feel like I learned so much. I feel like I want to listen to it again. I feel like Oprah goes into spaces in her psyche and in her journey that she hasn't talked about before. Gwyneth makes her cry. Yeah, I thought it was really, really great. What was your favorite moment? I thought it was really interesting that she kind of sees Ava DuVernay as like the way that she views her relationship with Maya Angelou Mm -hmm. as like kind of collecting people and like uplifting them. I thought it was very interesting kind of her relationship to Ava. I've never heard that before. Um, I also like she talks a lot about like self-care and the way that as an empath she is bringing on the energy of others and getting sick. And I thought that was really interesting. The stuff about the Oprah show, I can I never cease to be fascinated by. Yeah. Because the work ethic of that show and the intensity of it, so interesting. I mean, on and on. There are a hundred things to talk about in this yeah. interview. Yeah. The way that she reads slaves' names out loud when she's feeling low. It's like, wow, we should all just fucking like level our shit up right now. Yeah. Like the the gratitude and the grounding 
is a word I keep coming back to today, but so powerful. Yeah, my favorite part, um, and I lament that I was listening to this, like walking on a busy street in New York, but my favorite part is where she talks about aligning with your intention is to believe what you already know to be true. I was like, oh my God, write that everywhere. Mm-hmm. Tell that to everyone. Yeah. Teach kids that Betty's, in school. Betty's, you need to like draw yourself a bath and like put the <laughs> put this podcast on. Not ours. This is the goop one. <laughs> but with Oprah. Ours. Um, yeah, really, I think to your point, really take a moment to listen to the words that are that Oprah is saying to you. Oh, my it's God. It's very intense. My other favorite part, as you've already kind of alluded to, is that she talks about the portrait of the um, mother and her daughter on the slave block. Yeah. As being in the entryway to her house. Mm-hmm. So that when people come to visit her, you know, she leads such a luxurious life and it's so glamorous. And she's like, here's a reminder where I came of from. where we came from. I need more inclusive art in my apartment. Get it. I'm, gonna, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about what I need or... I want more flowers in my apartment. <laughs> well, spring's just around the corner. Tulips will be everywhere soon. I'm obsessed with flowers. We could go pay an homage to the um, homage. The, the Wall Street tulip park thing area. We can do that. Yeah, we can do that. <sighs> um, are you ready to burn some bridges? I hear <sighs> you have some bridges you want to burn. Um, I am ready to burn all the bridges right now. I have some co- weird commercials I need to talk about. Level it at me. Okay. I don't. Where do you see all these commercials? I don't know. Okay. I think Hulu. I don't see any commercials ever. I'm very out of the loop. Well, don't you watch Hulu? Well, I think Umer pays for that extra service where you don't see commercials. Hmm. Can you, is that a possibility on Hulu? I'm not sure. Okay. Kent, do you know? I think that there's two levels. You pay for it and you see commercials. I think there is a second level where you don't see commercials. Yeah, because I was watching... Yeah, I was watching the Bachelor finale, and there were no. Oh, I know. Do you watch we, the Bachelor? There's no, absolutely not. Okay. There's not enough time. I was going to say, wow, about that I, finale. I was like, what don't don't I know? Oh my god, it was no. We don't have time to get into it, but we maybe one day in, in another Beaver Bites. Okay, it it's lot. not below, beneath me to watch it. So get into the. You don't need to watch anything other than the finale. Interesting. Okay, what do you? Okay, so what's going on? Um, Pine Sol. This is a, a light one. <laughs> But they do this whole thing. It's like, you can have the strong and powerful one or you can be soft and loud. Like they really did this weird gender thing about like men and women and masculine and feminine that I was not here for. Very subtle. It's like a just whatever. Um, Harry's Shave Club. They do this commercial. I like Harry's. Are they messing up? They do this commercial. Uh Uh-oh. With the – with. It says, in partnership with the Representation Project, which is part of Misrepresentation's whole ad campaign of like uplifting – gender blah 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 gender focused gender enlightened media and it's this whole commercial about a little boy have you seen this commercial kent it's first of all the commercial is like three minutes long and they play the whole fucking commercial and there's no 30 second version of this so every time it comes on i'm going it's like so long and it's basically an alien comes down and he goes well how do you be a man and this little boy's like you know Men have to do this, and men have to do this, and men have to do this. And the commercial goes on for like 15 minutes. And then at the end, he's like, actually, there's no there's no wrong way to be a man. And then the alien disappears. It's like, first of all, the commercial is like structurally it doesn't work. The little boy's like dad is in space, and the alien represents his dad. It's like it's not a well-done commercial. And then the, they're trying to be like gender smart. And it actually just is let's name a lot of gender stereotypes for 15 minutes and at the end have this weird payoff. 
that doesn't make any sense. I just hated it, okay. and it was really annoying. Okay. And I can't stop seeing it. Oh, that's needs to get off my television. Oh boy. Does Sally use Harry's? No. Okay, good. So it's not targeted marketing. You're not like set with it. It's a great question. I don't know. Sometimes in my, you know, I've just selected gender for your stuff. Uh-huh. I I select men usually because I don't want to get diet ads. <laughs> So I might be unsoliciting some reason. I was getting depression medication ads for a while, and I was like. (laughs) Your phone's listening to you weep silently, and it's like, Diana. Oh, my God. My phone is reading my – or my TV is reading my diary. I don't know what's going on here. Oh, my God. Okay, and I have one more burning bridges. Um, Reba McIntyre. Have we talked about this already? I mean, insofar as we've named her. Why is she the face of KFC? That makes sense. <laughs> what kind of money does Reba need that she's like, yeah, I'll do this? She probably needs a lot of money, to be what fair. What kind of college tuition is she paying? Like, what kind of savings plan did she not have that she is subjecting? Reba, like one of the icons of country music, is being the fucking KFC guy. Yeah. That's a no for me, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well. We burn those bridges. Yeah. I will say I did love the Google commercial with John Legend where he sings in his head. I thought that was so funny with him and Christy Teigen. You didn't no, like I it? Don't, I, don't, I don't get it. You don't get what? Them. I don't get them. Why? She does nothing. And he, I, he, I just He's find like his music really boring. He's like a VJ on that lip sync show. Yeah. I just find his music really boring. But Umer saw him a, and he said he was a genius. He's so such a like, beautiful oh. voice. He's so talented. He puts me to sleep whenever I see him. Ouch. I thought I love seeing couples in commercials when they play versions of themselves. I think it's funny. Really? Like I like it when Kristen Bell and Dax do. Oh my god. I don't I think those it. are as funny. Because they think they're being funny and they're, I think it's, it's like so too contrived. on the nose. But and when he's like, singing in his head, it's hysterical. Okay. I thought it was funny. Well, and then I was like, do you think John Legend just like sings to himself in his head? Uh, absolutely he does. I hope he does. Well, they dream about John Legend. Yeah. I love it. Anything else on your list? Anything else crazy that you're watching or that you've observed or that Betty should know about? Um, Or anything upcoming that you're excited about? Oh, I'm very excited about Tully, which is the new Charlize Theron movie that you tagged me in. About Charlize Theron plays a mother and she she has to hire a nanny. And in the trailer, the trailer is literally revolutionary, and I can only imagine how the film actually hits. But it's about a mother who hires a nanny, um, needs just like a break. I think a night nanny. Uh huh. And in the in the trailer, she says, the nanny says, "Well, you know what? Like, you need to be taken care of as much as your kids." I mean, the way that women are gonna and mothers are going to be seen in this movie. Yeah, when she spills that breast milk, I oh, could hear mothers screaming their heads heart, off. My heart shattered, and I don't have any children. Yeah, the exhaustion of it all. Oh my god! And she takes her shirt off at one point because she's just like having hot flashes, and her daughter is like, "Mom, what's wrong with your body?" <laughs> Pregnancy. Ugh, it's it's gonna be. Amazing. I can't wait for it. When Annie Wang went to Egypt with me for Dream Girl, she was um, pumping, and I believe she had to relinquish the breast milk at the border because they wouldn't let her take it on the plane or something weird happened, which was devastating. Oh, my God. Because it takes so long for you to acquire, like, that back stock, and then the airlines just, like, totally fuck you over. Yeah. I think about airlines a lot in this in the sense that, like, I was at an, on an international flight probably for the same trip and 
I saw a family be able to put in a like click in a bassinet and it was like oh my god like why aren't fucking bassinets like on all of the front seats of all of these spaces like to have to hold physically a baby for eight hours like what are we doing oh can you even change a baby in a bat in a bathroom that that that's that small do we ever even think about these things nope one time i was on a plane and a mother was sitting i don't know if she's in front of me or behind me but she just like was like i need to pee and just take my baby and she just gave it to me. And then somebody behind her was like, oh, my God, that's such a cute baby. And I was like, oh, thanks. <laughs> and they are like, how old is it? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Not mine. Amazing. Just, just holding it for, for a friend. Oh, my God, that's fabulous. Remember that Instagram thing that I sent you? Did I send it to you about the mothers? Remember that woman who was having a breakdown in the airport? Yeah. I and, sent it to you. Okay. It's like hard to tell. There's so much Instagramming back God, and forth. We send each other a lot God, of stuff. God, that's such a good note, though, of like yeah. the women taking care of each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I digress. Sisterhood. Anyways, Tally's going to be amazing. And Charlie's there and seeing her play a mother is, um, oh, I'm just so excited for it. Yeah. She's very she's very private about her motherhood. Who's and... directing? Do we know who's making this movie? No, I don't care. I'm a little nervous. Just about, kidding. I just want it to be, I guess, made by a woman, maybe. And Ron Livingston's in I'm it. I'm a little nervous. I think it is made by a woman, but I don't know. That'd be I a fact. feel like it's made by the people who the Canadian troupe that did. What was the one about the teenage girl who gets pregnant with the cheeseburger? Fun? Oh, Diablo Cody. Doesn't it feel like that? You might be onto something. But we don't. Who I feel knows? like it might be written by Diablo Cody. Oh we my could God. have totally just projected right, this, and right, it is not true. Right. But We're, don't we'll listen look it to up. us. Do not take this as gospel. Can't maybe tell us who. So our fan, you look into that, Erin. You tell us. What are you excited for? Um, I want to see Mean Girls on Broadway. Okay. Um, Reese Witherspoon, Carrie Washington, doing a series. Yeah. Excited about it. Awesome. Um, also, I heard. I just want to wish Sharon Stone the best of luck in her love life and in her career. She, I heard an um, interview with her and Mark Maron. She was just talking about how happiness is a discipline. And she is like such a force of a woman. I'm just wishing her all the best. Saying hi. Hi to Sharon. Hi to Sharon. Happy Feminist Wednesday, Sharon. Yeah. Um, amazing. I love that. Cool. Sharon Stone. Why not? <laughs> Anyone else on your list? Uh, no, that's it. That's all I have. I'm kind of just, you know what's funny? I saw two trailers um, for films coming out in November. That, November? Yeah, that IMDb was pushing. I don't know if they just like screwed up their calendar or something and like accidentally posted these movies but it's like we've missed the entire summer like what movies are coming out this summer people i was wondering that was myself what do i have to look forward to in this world huh i don't know literally it's like coming out well what about your um mama mia movie i mean yeah oh oh my god umer and i have been really going down a musical rabbit hole lately we watched chicago over the weekend excellent um i'm gonna make him watch rent because it's my favorite I i love rent um seasons of (laughs) <laughs> goodbye love um yeah so i'm just going down a musical rabbit hole what are your other favorite musicals oh my gosh were Mama you a Mia. cats person no okay i was really i love the makeup i love the dancing i love like the costuming i love the like look of it mm-hmm. the music to me is like a little bit boring i know i know okay i know you're a big cats person you know all of them by name yeah, well, I did like a rendition. I did my own version in the fourth grade. So I'm very versed in all of the 
roles and I directed a <laughs> a like fourth grade production I didn't dance realize we production. had Andrew Lloyd Webber in the house you know it's been with me it was the first show my mom took me to see when I was like 11 amazing I was all in at 11 I'm really excited for I mean there's been absolutely no talks of this but I'm really excited for them to make Wicked into a movie <laughs> it's my favorite wow Defying Gravity makes me sob every time I hear it oh my I saw that there was like a weird weekend in New York where when I did my internship here the first time I lived here in college and my uncle got me tickets to see Beyonce at Madison Square Garden in a box and front row seats to Wicked. It was like my last weekend in New York. Wow. And I got to take each of the girls that I was living with to one of the events. So nice. And front row at Wicked was unfucking believable Yeah. I've seen it. In, I've seen it in New York and I've seen it on the West End in London. I loved both. Wow. Um, Les Miserables is also one of my favorites. I'm trying to get Umer to watch it because we saw The Greatest Showman. You know, I that's one. I mean, I consider my – I don't think I'm a theater queen, but I, I do dabble. Uh-huh. And I that is one for me that I have not been able to connect with. Oh, I love it. And, you know, maybe in high school <laughs> – I did not get into the production that they were doing at St. Joe's and all my friends did. And so I was kind of like, fuck this musical. Wounds, yeah. So maybe that's why I don't like it. Brings out a lot. The theater brings up a lot. Yeah. Um, But it was funny because we saw Greatest Showman and Umer, we came out and Umer was just like, oh my God, who knew that Hugh Jackman could sing? And I was like, literally everybody. (laughs) Literally everybody knew that. And he was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, have you not seen Les Miserables? And he's like, what what are you talking about? And I was like, oh, I haven't seen the movie either. Well, again, I've dis- they sang live. I'm dismissing it. They sing live. It's I don't incredible. Know. It's incredible. I believe you. Anyways, so yeah, we're about to go. He doesn't know it yet, but we're about to like go down a rabbit hole. Cool. He really opened up something for me in Chicago. I like it. It's a big Pandora's box. I love it. I love it. Well, we'll have to go see Mean Girls. Yes. Um, also, I want to make a plug to an announcement for Dream Girl. This is a big announcement that I'm not going to say yet, but to know that we are upon a precipice of, I don't know, what do I say, Diana? Something is coming and people need to be ready for it. Yeah, we have a big thing happening. In May. In May for I'm going to announce it in April. Right. So um, you better you either sign up for our newsletter or follow me on Instagram, or follow Dream Girl, or follow Diana. Follow something, but something is coming, and people need to know. They just need to be prepared. Yeah, there's a big Dream Girl um, announcement coming up next month. So follow us on social media, subscribe to the Dream Girl newsletter, and we'll kind of keep you posted all along the way. Yes, we will. Okay, more to come. Happy Feminist Thanks, Wednesday. Thanks, Kent. Bye, guys. Happy Feminist Wednesday. Hey guys, I'm Lissa Mandel. I'm Philip Cassell. And we're here from The, the Bitch Seat, the podcast. It's an interview show where we talk to guests about the horrible and beautiful parts of their youth. We like to think of it as an adult talk show and tell. A grown-up show and tell. There you go. Like that. So for a teaser, here's some magnetic poetry that I wrote on my fridge when I was 12. Hit it, Phil. Dreams of whispered music felt snow white and lathered me in delirious symphonies. The ache within is black and bitter. A thousand frantic shadows scream and chant bitterly. I sleep on a lake of a thousand diamonds. 
You were 12? Yeah, I was way ahead of my time. Fair enough. Tune in. This has been an Atlantic Transmission production. Hey!